0: Right, welcome to week three of a series that we are calling Taste and See. Uh, Psalms chapter 34 and verse 8. Verse 8 says this Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys who take refuge in. In Him, And so every week we've been doing a little treat for taste and see. So look under your seat. There's a little cup under your seat right now. Okay. I wanted to do one of my favorite things in the world. Okay. This is called a Chicago mix. Okay. Chicago makes popcorn. You got a little cheese. You got a little caramel. Now, I'm sorry it's not hot and fresh like it is in Chicago. You go to Garrett's Popcorn in Chicago, it's hot and fresh, and the caramel melts on the cheese, and the cheese melts on the caramel, and then your hand just looks like a cheesy caramel, you know, mess, but it's fantastic, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but for me, there is nothing like taking refuge In a good movie, in a tub of popcorn. Can I get an amen from somebody, okay? Just a good movie, tub of popcorn, makes it for a really, really great day. And I mean, mean, come on now. You go over to the movie theater right over here at the Liberty Center. You got reclining seats. They bring you food if you want. It's good stuff. Now, on that topic, I thought, okay. So I listen to a lot of sports radio, and they're always talking about the Mount Rushmore of, like, NBA players or the Mount Rushmore of NFL players. So I thought I would do my Mount Rushmore of movies, okay? So we're going to do, all right, so put up there, we've got Mount Pastor Jeff's Mount Rushmore of movies today, okay? Then you're going to learn a lot about me today, okay? These four movies speak a lot about who I am, my personality, my soul, what I love. All right, number one is... What about Bob? Everybody, come on! Woo! Listen, Bill Murray is a G. Okay. If you've never seen What About Bob, you've got to rent it, buy it, own it, watch it about a hundred times a year. It will make you happy about life. Number one, What About Bob. Number two is Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. <laughs> Oh, no. Listen, is there hate for Smokey? Burt Reynolds just died. No, it is not dumb, okay? Listen, they say lines like "like good buddy, and they say things like, I got a Counting Mountie on my tail talking about police. I'm like, how great is that? Listen, listen, if I could be anything else in this life, I would look like Burt Reynolds, okay? That, that mustache is on point, Okay, and that cowboy hat with the Florida, Woo! I might just, listen, I told Jess, I, and I, I promise you, this is going to happen. Some, I'm going to preach in that outfit someday, okay. There's going to be a day at Elevate Church. I'm going to have cowboy boots on, and it's going to be amazing, okay. All right, number three is Back to the Future. Yes, yes. Listen. I'm still waiting for hoverboards to come out. That's all I'm saying, okay? I will be one of the first buyers of a hoverboard. All right, last but not least is, come on now, come on, come on, somebody. Any Forest fans in the house? Thank you, Ryan, thank you, thank you, listen. I mean, I want to I go shrimp boating, you know what I mean? I want to I hang out with Bubba, you know? This is my brushmore of movies, okay? Now, well, the Bible says, oh, to the, oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. The Amplified Version says this. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Our God, he is good. How blessed, fortunate, prosperous, favored by God. I love that. Favored by God. By God is the man who takes refuge in him. I don't know if you ever noticed this about the promises of God when you're reading the promises of God. The promises of God will come this way. God will go, this is my promise to you, okay. So God says, I'm going to tell you first what I'm going to do, okay. So he says, fortunate, prosperous, favored. He says, this is what I will do for you. And then he says, this is your end of the bargain. Your end of the bargain is to do what? Take refuge in me. And if you take refuge in me, I will be faithful to fulfill what I said I would. Now, God's not a liar. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Okay? So what God said he will be faithful to do. I think a lot of times the faithfulness issue isn't in our God, the Father, it is in us and our ability to run and take refuge in him. So the question is, where and what? Where and what do we run to to find refuge in this life? When life is tough, you know, and life is full. I have a full life, okay, you know, the other night we had the Wedding, and then, you know, the next morning, I had to get up at 6 a.m. to get Michael to practice. We have kids, and and life is really, really just full. It's kind of like, you know, this thing of Coke. You're like, you're tired, aren't you, you know? Oh, I want to drink it so bad. I mean, (laughs) there's nothing more that I want right now than this Coke, okay? Life's full. Life's full when you have kids. Got to get an amen from the parents of the people that have children, Okay. Listen, Ben and Luke are doing this new thing right now where they will wake up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and they will walk into our room and they won't say a word. They will just stand there and hover over me and Jess until somehow the Holy Spirit wakes us up. You know, I think they're looking at us like plotting about how they're going to kill us. You know what I mean? Like Ben and Luke are talking about that life's full, you know, Ben, the other night, we're putting something together in the living room, and and we hear Ben talking, and Jess is like, you know, Ben's really creative, he like talks to himself a lot, you know, and and so we're like, wow, this is really cool, like Ben's having this whole conversation with, you know, with himself, and and then, you know, Ben comes downstairs, and we were like, hey man, who are you talking to? He's like, I met this guy online, and we were just like talking, and and he's like super nice. And he said he would follow my YouTube page. And we're like, oh God in heaven, like what is happening, you know? <laughs> Life's full, you know? Life's full of running from event to event. You all understand this. Your job is always looking for more production, you got more emails to write, more things to get through. Black Friday's coming. Can I get an amen for Black Friday? I mean, seriously, there are some dealios in Black Friday. Yes, I said dealios, okay? But life is full, it's a lot of pressure. You know? Our mortgage company called me the other day, and they were like, "We need you to get here and sign. you know the interest rates are a seven year high right now. We need to lock you in and then and then I get that call and then the next call is the city calling me about something with the building and the zoning that we 're working through still, and then the next Call, and I promise you this happened to me the other day. The next call after that was my brother, and my brother was telling me on Monday that my mom's either going to have to decide to have radiation or if she's not going to have radiation, and they're giving her a life expectancy of either three to three months. And all of a sudden, you just feel a lot of pressure. Anybody relate to me? And you have to choose, where am I going to run? Life's full, you know, and I'm getting, you know, it's just like I'm getting knocked around all the time, you know. Oh, oh, you know. And it's it's getting crazy. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, gosh, if I could just stand for a second, you know, and then your boss comes by and knocks you down, you know. Or you get a call from your wife, you know. Or your kids. I mean, Listen, all of you that have little ones where your kids don't go to bed, you know what I mean? It's just like you're fighting with them constantly. And all the time you're just feeling really shook up inside, you know what I mean? And all you're thinking about is this, is this. You're like, come here, bud. I need your help for a second. Come here, okay? All you're thinking about is this. Hold my mic, okay? All we're thinking is, can I just release yes. a little, just a little, just, I just need a, oh, oh. You're like, I'm just so full. I got so much pressure. Can we just release a little bit of everything that I'm feeling? And we're like, where am I going to run to? Where am I going to run to to release some of this? Where am I going to run to where I can just find a moment of peace in my mind? Where can I run to that I can just maybe find a, a moment of joy? I just release a little bit of the pressure, the stress, the pains, the ups and the downs of life not everything's bad, you know, like, I'm driving Michael on Saturday morning. It's pitch black. It's cold. He's snoring in the seat next to me. <laughs> We're driving to his basketball practice. And I thought to myself, how blessed am I that I get to be a dad? How blessed am I? Even though I'm exhausted, I'm tired, but how, how blessed. But, but it just all culminates together. In life, and we got to figure out where are we going to run to find strength. Psalms chapter ninety-one. We'll put it on screen for you. And the NLT says this. Verse one. I'm going to read a bunch of verses here to just kind of follow with me. It says those who live in the shelter of the Most High find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Verse 4. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I do, I, I do not, oh, sorry, verse 5. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, or the fires of the day. It says, verse 6, do not dread disease that stalks in the darkness, or disaster that uh, strikes at midday. Verse 7, though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. Just open up your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make him the most high place the shelter of your life no eagle no evil will conquer you no plague will come into your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go what a great promise What a great promise from God to go, you know what, if you'll run to me, if you'll find your protection in me, if you'll take the pressure and the stress and the ups and the downs, and you'll come to me with those, my promise is this, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to take good care of you. I'm going to make sure that your days are aligned according to my plans, my purposes, what I've designed for your life. I'm going to make sure that I surround your home with your angels. Listen, this is huge. Every day we're praying this over our boys when they leave our home, when they're on school buses and they're in cars and they're at school and they're at different places that we're not there. We're believing that the angels of God are surrounding them and protecting them and taking good care of them when they're not with us in our hands. This is God's promise to us. But how do we stay in a place where the Lord is our refuge? How do we stay in a place, in a season where we're running to God with the pressures of life? And the truth is this. It is good old-fashioned time spent in the presence of God. Time spent in the presence of God. There is nothing like prayer. I grew up in a home of prayer. My grandma, she was the prayer warrior of our church. We used to have this thing way back in the 80s and the 90s and have cell phone, we didn't have texting, we didn't have instant messaging. So somebody would call my grandma, tell her, you know, what was going on in their life, and then she would call one of her friends and her friend, and it was the prayer chain, and my grandma would run that and I would always hear my grandma walking through the house praying. It was just like second nature to me. And I love that I grew up in this atmosphere of prayer because it just taught me that talking to Jesus was no more than just like talking to you. I don't have to have this perfect prayer language. I don't have to have the perfect words to share to God. I can just talk to God like he's my friend because he is my friend. He's somebody I can just run to and go, you know what, I had a really bad day. Or God, I'm so happy. Thank you for this moment. I was driving the other day. I don't know about you, but I love fall, and I love trees in the fall, and they just, like, make me really happy, and it was actually the sun was actually out, and and I drove down this road, and I love the super red trees. Anybody else love the super red trees or the super orange trees, you know? And I saw this whole row. I mean, it was like the whole line was just lined with these red trees And I thought, you know what I said to the Lord? I said, Lord, thank you for making that for me. Thank you for this little moment that you designed for me to enjoy. It's beautiful, Lord. That's what prayer is. Prayer is just us talking to the Lord from our hearts, from our souls. And there's something about being in the presence of God. There's something about when we're here together and we're worshiping the Lord. And you can feel his love and you can feel his acceptance. and You can feel his grace. You can feel his mercy. And in that moment, it's like everything fades away. It's just like the pressures fade away stresses fade away, all the ups and downs, they just fade away. There's just something about the presence of God. Now, I hear this all the time. I've heard this my whole entire pastoral life. Three things that I just heard consistently is this, is I don't have enough time to spend with God, we don't have enough money to give, and it's hard to get to church with this crew of kids. Okay, you know, I mean, can all the parents testify to that? You know, getting all the kids in the car is a hard chore, okay? Now, I got to tell you this. All three of these things are lies from the enemy that are trying to divert us from the presence of God. These are three things that the enemy works in all of us to try to get us to think differently about things. Like this, okay? We don't have enough money to give. I always say, you don't. Have money not to give, okay? Think about. I, I, I talk about this all the time: the seed time and harvest. So I sow into the kingdom of God. Then there's time, and then there's harvest. But I sow in time. We've been talking about this. So I sow, I sow, I sow. Now I live in harvest, harvest, harvest. I promise you, I'm, I'm going to make. Uh, uh, listen, I will, I will. Buy you a steak dinner, the nicest steak dinner you've ever eaten in your life, like a $100 steak, okay? If you come to me and go, you know what? I feel like God has robbed and stolen and cheated me as I've been giving. I promise you. Because here's the deal, when you live in perpetual harvest, you're sowing into your future. So I've seen this happen with people who are faithful to the kingdom of God. They're so faithful, they're faithful, they're faithful, they lose their job, and it's like two days later they get a better job. Why? Because they're faithful. They're faithful. Or let's take, let's take time. I don't, I don't have enough time to spend with Jesus. Okay? I always say this, you put time to what you want to put time to. I know I do. I mean, listen. You know, if I if I want to watch the Laker game at 10:30 at night to watch LeBron, you know, somehow, some way, I'm making time to make sure that I'm in front of the TV at 10 o'clock to watch the Laker game. Or like, what's something I really like to watch? Like the Goldbergs. Anybody like the Goldbergs? The show, the Goldbergs. The guy. Yeah. How about how about Fresh Off the Boat? Anybody Fresh Off the Boat? People listen. So I will make time for these things in my life. Or Or how about the kids? Listen, where's Zach? Zach? Zach's out there with his kid right now. Listen, I love it. What a great dad. Holding his baby boy. Listen, this is exactly what Zach said to me. He said, do you know how hard it is to get the kids in the car and get to church? I'm like, yeah, it's extremely hard. But he said, this is what he said to me last Sunday. He goes, but I need this so badly. I need this. I need the presence of God. I need relationships. I need connections. And we're not going to allow this to happen. Listen, without time spent in the presence of God, we will reason and justify our way out of those three things I just talked about. When we're not in the presence of God, our minds become real dark and confused real quick. And we will reason and justify reason and justify ways to go you know what i know this is what the word of god says i know that these are god's promises i know that this is what's best for my life but we had a really long week and the kids are really tired you know one of my favorite things when i was a youth pastor my last stint as a youth pastor was in in dayton and we had we had this young man in our youth group. His name was Grant. He was a phenomenal basketball player. He's playing basketball in college right now. And his dad owned a company, and, uh, they, and his dad was also the coach of the team. But I'll tell you this. We had youth group on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. I can tell you in four years that Grant might have missed uh, maybe a total of ten times in four years. And a few of those were probably because he was, like, really, really sick. Because his mom and dad said, you know what, basketball will never be your God. Jesus is your God. Jesus is the highest priority of our house. So they would literally be at a basketball tournament sometimes on Sunday morning, and they would drive straight back, and Grant would come into youth group, smelly, sweaty, you know what I mean, getting off of a, you know, a long weekend of playing basketball. But mom and dad were like, no, you're going to be at church. Listen, there's something about the presence of God that causes us to go, you know what, the kingdom comes first. The kingdom of God always comes first before what I want to come first. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says this. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Though everything God made, they can clearly see the invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God but didn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise, and instead being utter fools. This verse explains what happens when we are void of the presence of God. It's what happens when we choose to go, you know what? God is not my real refuge. Okay? And this is something that the Lord is really teaching me on a new level. And that's the thing about your relationship with God. It's a progression, okay? You're going to start somewhere, and then you're going to go, okay, well, I learned this thing about the presence of God, okay? And it's really good, and it works, and I love prayer, and I love spending time with the Lord. But then guess what will happen? 15, 17 years later, he'll go, all right, we're going to go to a new level about being your refuge, being your strength. And right now, I'm in one of those seasons. So I know for me personally that when I'm not in the presence of God, when I'm not in prayer, when I don't have times of worship just by myself outside of Sunday, I am a terrible person. Yeah, can we get an amen from from my wife? I mean, you. I mean, <laughs> you want to put your hand up and wave the praise of the Lord. Listen, I am. I mean, I am the most prideful, arrogant, sarcastic person you've ever met in your life. Okay? I become selfish. Everything's about me. You know, my expectations gets way out of whack. I become frustrated easily, easily, easily irritated, easily you know, I'm telling lots of drivers they're number one, you know what I mean? Like, like it, this is what happens to Pastor Jeff without the presence of God. I need the presence of God. I need time with him so that my mind and my heart doesn't become dark and confused. The presence of God is incredible. But you know what's really interesting to me? I'm really concerned about this, okay? Look at your name and say concerned, okay? was concerned, we're concerned, okay? And I'm not, I don't want to make light of this because I really am concerned about this. This is this. I'm concerned with how many people believe that they are wise in 2018, okay? This, this is the most interesting thing, okay? We take our phones out. Okay? And I'm gonna hate for a second. Okay, and say haters are gonna hate, okay? I'm gonna hate. This is what's so interesting to me. I go on Instagram, Facebook, and what do you what do you see all the time? Hey everybody! Just wanna give you a shout-out. I want to let you know what's going on in my life today. I have such a perfect life, and I want to show you my perfect life, and I wanna tell you about everything I know. Right? <laughs> if that's you, I skip over you, okay? I promise you. <laughs> I don't watch it for a second. I'm like, I don't want anything from you, okay? And listen, some people go, why don't you do that? Like, pastors do that all the time. I'm like, because it's self-promotion. All the glory's for them. I'm not about self-promotion. I want Jesus to get all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. So what is interesting is this. On Instagram every day, daily users, 5 million people daily users. Facebook, daily users. 2.23 billion people a day, okay? And what's happening? Everybody believes, I got something to say. I got some wisdom I want to share. I got a bean dip you all need to try, you know what I mean? (laughs) Your life will change, But what's really happening is what? It's just the blind leading the blind. And what's so sad is this. Is that social media, we try to use it as like a refuge. It's like, if I, could just, if I can just find some people that think the way I think, then maybe I'll feel better about myself. If I can just get somebody else to be sympathetic with me, then, then, then maybe I'll be okay. We're just, we're just looking for refuge. I think a lot of times, like, I remember the other night, like, it was like a week ago, I'm like sitting in bed, it's like, it's like 1230, and I'm exhausted, exhausted, and I'm just like, you know, and I mean, I must have been doing that for 20 minutes, you know, just like. You know, and Jess is like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah look at this dog. You know, this, this dog is really funny. I follow animals. Animals are the best. I saw, I saw a monkey. I saw two monkeys fighting over a banana, and the one backhanded one and fell down. I was like, "That's phenomenal." Okay. But Jess is just like, "What are you doing?" What am I doing? I'm trying to I'm trying to zone out. I got so much pressure, right? <laughs> so much pressure and I'm just like I'm just like can I just escape? Can I just escape? We need the presence of God. We need time with Jesus. I know a lot of times, listen, can we just be real in here for a second? A lot of times when I say that, a bunch of us go, I don't know what that's like. That's why I really, really, really enjoy worship on Sunday mornings, because you set the atmosphere. You know, I mean, we've picked out beautiful backgrounds, and we've programmed lights, and the worship team works really hard, and, you know, they do a phenomenal job every week. And, and in that moment, we go, oh, okay. Now I can spend time with the Lord. And we don't even really know how to do that outside of Sunday morning. But the truth is, it's not real hard. It's just a position of the heart. It's just me saying, you know what, I'm going to humble myself in the presence of God. And the presence of God, I promise you, can come at any time and any place. It's just us going, God, I need you. Lord, this is what's going on with me today. This is how I feel. This is what my concerns are about my children. God, this is what's happening. It's just you talking to God. I know so many times people, okay, listen, I know I freak you all out, okay? When we, listen, listen, when we do this, come here, Drew and Carly, okay? On Sunday mornings, when I go, all right, everybody, everybody, grab a hand, okay? I know everybody's like, "Oh, Jesus, my hands they sweat. I got more hair on my hands that I want to admit, You know what I mean? And, and then, and then I go, and then I say, "All right, we're going to, we're going to ask Drew what he needs prayer for." So, what do you need prayer for, Drew? Um, Carly. Carly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's. All right. Let's. Let's hypothetical. All right, how a job. You're, you're, yeah. you're trying to get a job yeah, right now, yeah, right? Yeah, that's job. a good thing, you know. You in December, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably you want to get married, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon, I know, yeah. soon. I do. Yeah, Carly, soon. Spring, spring. We could, hey, we can make it happen today, you yeah. know. I mean, seriously, we got me and a bunch of witnesses. Okay. All right. All right. So then we go. So then I go. I go. Hey, let's pray for one another. We go. Oh my gosh, what in the world am I going to say? All we say is, Lord, I know you love Drew, and I know that he's your son, and I know that you have good plans for him. So, God, I pray you would open up a job, the perfect job, your job for him, in Jesus' name. Nothing hard. It's just me talking to God, just like I would talk to anybody else. I'm just talking to God. That's all. Thanks, guys. That's all. You know I love embarrassing people. It's like my favorite thing in the world. That's all the presence of God is. It's just a position of our heart, humbling ourselves to God, going, God, this is what's happening. This is what I'm feeling. These are the pressures. You know, my brother called. You know, he's like, hey, mom's either got three weeks or three months. So I called my mom. And I said, mom, I said, what are you fighting for? What are you believing for? And she told me the other day, she said, she said, I just told the Lord that I'm ready to see him. Now, for me on earth, that's not what I want. So I just run to God. I go, God, this sucks. This doesn't feel good. I tell God, God, I don't like that she's suffering. I don't like that she's in pain. I don't like what's happening right now. You know what God does? He just comes, and you can just feel just his love. And even though it's crazy what you're feeling, it's like, it's like being a kid that just melts in the father's arms. And you're like, whew. You know what he said to me? He said, he said I'm going to take good care of her. She's going to be with me. And everything's going to be great. And in that moment, it's like, My heart can be okay. And that moment, I can go, all right, as long as you got it, Jesus. And I think that sometimes, and listen, I know that many of us have lost people that we've loved. And, you know, it's such a struggle because we want them. We want them here. We want to be with them. We want to celebrate life with them. But the reality is this. I know that I know that I know that I know that the moment and my mom sees Jesus. She would never come back. She would never come back. Because the presence of God is too good. It's just too good. It's too good. I told Michael, me and Michael, we were driving. We've been driving a lot, going to practices. And we were talking about worship. And he said, Dad, worship the other Sunday was just so good. I could just feel God in the room. And I asked him, I said, I said, I said, what is it like for you when you feel the presence of God? He said, he said it just feels like all, all of my thoughts and my pressures and everything I'm feeling about life just fades away. He said, I can just feel God love me. This is a 13-year-old, okay. it's a 13-year-old. He said, I can just feel God love me. And I said to him, I said, that's where God wants you to live out of. That's the place that God wants you Day by day to just be able to run to him and go, Dad, here it is. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm going through. I know your promises. You made a promise to me. said, if I take refuge in you, that you will take good care of me. You'll prosper me. You'll favor me you'll take good care of all of my needs. There's nothing that I need to worry about in this life because you're a good dad and you're faithful to your word. You're faithful to your people. You will never forsake us. You'll never leave us. You love us. You care for us. So I'm going to give you what is so painful and deep inside of me. I'm going to come to you as my refuge. And I will find the strength and the grace that I need for this life. Worship team, you guys come on up. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 says this. I pray from his glorious unlimited resources. Love that. Glorious unlimited resources. God has... Everything in the palm of his hand. He says this. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. The Amplified says this. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with the power that comes from the Holy Spirit in your inner self. Indwelling in your being. And then I love that. In your personality. This is what happens when the presence of God comes. It encourages you. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when the presence of God comes, you are never feeling worse about yourself. When the presence of God comes, you quickly notice and go, oh, that's what real love feels like. When the presence of God comes... God quickly comes and goes, encourage, 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 support, 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 love, 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 joy, 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 peace, peace, peace. And when you're in the presence of God, it's like your whole inner self, you're like, thank you, God. whirly little five-year-old. I used to, we had pews when I was growing up in church, and I would crawl under the pews and pull people's legs and stuff. I mean, just stupid stuff. And I had so much hair, and it was blonde, and it was curly. And I always, the Lord always reminds me of when I was just really little. And in the presence of God, I'll see in my mind, I'll just see God the Father. He'll just put his hand down like this And I'll do this by myself In this room when nobody else is around And I'll just go Like this Like I'm just grabbing my dad's hand And the Lord just goes I'll lead you I'll lead you I'll take good care of you I got everything in control. I am your dad, I'm your father. Just just follow me. Just hold, just hold on to me. That's what refuge looks like. You just running to Jesus. did we pray about the house? Nine. Nine months. Shannon and Christina had their house on the market for nine months. How many times did I call you, text you, everything's fine, everything's good, you're okay. God's got the perfect person, the right buyer at the right time. Happened a week ago. Happened a week ago. Listen, I know that all Shannon's been feeling for months is this. Just this. Just this. And the enemy, he's really good at doing this. He's really good at shaking us up. He's really good at just this constantly. And I told, I kept telling Shannon Christina,